Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Thanks for listening and for being a part of the Abby Roberts Show on today's News Talk, TNT. Well, hello, I'm Abby Roberts, and this is the Abby Roberts Show here on today's News Talk TNT. That's it. I'm back. I'm alive. Sorry about yesterday. I would like to tell you that I was in Mexico slurping tequila out of a Cabana Boys crack, but I'd be lying. Uh, I had food poisoning and I felt absolutely sick as a dog. But I'm here. Look, I'm alive, everybody. And so good to be back with you all here on this channel. Not looking too bad, considering. I had literally like no hours sleep a couple of nights ago, but I'm um, delighted to be back and uh, with you again on the Abby Roberts show. Now, the good news is that you can speak to me. You can do it virtually through the live chat. Oh, it's it's gone. It's it's a flame. I'm having lots of yeehaw. Hello, lovely abs. Good morning, Abby. Oh, tequila sounds good. Somebody said it's not. Trust me. <laughs> I've had plenty of experiences on it, and it really can end badly, depending on who you're with, of course. And uh, you can also email me, abbyroberts at tntradio.live. And if you have, a, let's do the Italian accent, if you have the apps on your phone, do you have apps on your phone? Get your apps out for the lads. Uh, on your mobile phone and go into tntradio.live, the website, and um, you can contact me there. And if you haven't got any apps or a phone with apps, then what are you doing? It's not 1985, although, judging by my hair, it probably is. Uh, you can also, have I said the email? Oh, you can also phone me. You can call me, guys. Thanks Just, for listening oh, to us. The numbers. Now we want to listen to you. Our lines are open from the U.S. and Canada. Call one 888 201-6425. From the UK, call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Well, hello there. And I want to say a big shout out to my mate, Murray, who is in uh, Queensland and he's looking very, very, are you looking, you've been in the sun, Murray. God love you. And it's so nice to have, uh, to see uh, the crew in the background there. Is that Dave? Somebody very sexy in a short, in a short sleeve shirt. Is that Mike? Is that my boss? Well, Mike, you're looking, uh, mm, hello, darling. Right. Um, I'm going to go now into something that I have uh, I've made my own, um, which is the propaganda review section, which is looking at some newspapers, which used to, do you remember the, in the old days where it used to have some, you know, vaguely interesting news and people sort of debating things and two sides of an argument? And basically the news, and I'm sure it's uh, the same in Australia and uh, all around the West, has now turned into a propaganda machine. So let's have a little look, shall we, in what I like to call propaganda corner. We're going to have to have a proper jingle or something, or I might just sing it myself. Right, we've got The Guardian, as I, uh, the Grawniad. What a, what a shit rag of a propaganda machine. Uh, so what have we got here? Oh, well, actually, interestingly, on the front page, Queen of Cartoons. Uh, but Posey Simmons is first Briton to win World's Top Comics Award. I frankly would say the king of cartoons is my friend Bob Moran. Yeah. Okay. So uh, check him out because he's unbelievable. Let's have a little look at the first story that I've got here. Right. This is interesting one for um, for people that still believe in God. I don't know. I do. As you can see, wearing a wearing a cross around my neck. I know it's very unfashionable, but uh, there you go. Um, campaign seeks 
50 million to save at-risk UK churches. Thousands of church buildings are in such a dire state that they are facing closure, according to a campaign that says the situation is the UK's single biggest heritage challenge. Churches, chapels and meeting houses are under threat because of a lack of funds and expertise to maintain them, the National Churches Trust charity says. Even Michael, Sir Michael Palin of the Monty Python team uh, has chimed in. He's the Trust's vice president, says... Uh, we're a, a church is a vital part of the UK's history and we need to act now to prevent the loss of tremendously important local heritage. I mean, it's, it's absolutely diabolical. Do you remember when the church, right, you had, you had a little, uh, I don't know if it's the same in, in, in Australia, but in, uh, in the UK you had the church was part of the community. So you could go in and you could just sit and you could reflect and you could go to church on a Sunday, take your parents or whatever into church. You could sing hymns and then there would be a doctor's surgery next door. You could trust your doctor. Do you remember you could go in and go, oh, doctor, I feel, yeah, I'm just not feeling very great. Have a little chat with your doctor. Um, and then you might go to, I don't know, the post office, blah, blah, blah. And all that is being taken over by the a global communist blob so talk go out and about and see what churches you can find and keep them uh, alive so that's the that's the guardian um, i'm amazed they even said anything about uh, religion anyway but i'd love to hear what your thoughts are uh coming you know later on in the show when we'll be uh, doing the uh, doing the phone lines um let's have a little look in the i paper i for ignorant bastards probably right let's have a little look and see what we've got here oh interesting this child obesity could end up costing eight billion quid pandemic linked obesity levels among children could end up costing more than eight billion researchers suggested a study found that obesity in england rose significantly among four to five year olds and those aged 10 to 11 between 20, uh, 2019, 2020 and 2020-2021 at the height of the spread of COVID-19. Well, what I would say to those the, the fuckers who introduced uh, the uh, locking everyone at home and basically saying kids don't go to school is, well, if you if you stop, if you put kids at home and you stop them going to school and you close the gyms, and you make people terrified, make kids terrified, and you muzzle them, then of course they are going to eat rubbish. And, and none of the healthy stuff was peddled, was it, during the uh, the so-called uh, the pandemic? Um, so uh, that is absolutely that was a deliberate policy. That is not by accident. All that happened. Uh, honestly, the way children have been tre treated, it's just unbelievable. And now they want young people to go to war. <laughs> Fantastic. After the four years, uh, I tell you what, I'll be lying down in front of a few tanks if they ever fucking try that. Uh, and if you're not, then where, where are you? I'm going to become a proper Jane Fonda of the UK. Let's have another look at uh, another... Uh, uh, story in the eye. Oh, this is nice. This is nice. Uh, nice story. Young pet wallaby stolen in Anglesey. Well, it's not nice actually because he's been stolen. But it's a wallaby. Oh God, he's the cutest. And if you can, can you see him? The little picture of the wallaby uh, from my Australian friends. North Wales police are appealing for information to help find a missing baby wallaby. The wallaby named Walter. That's an imag imaginative name for a wallaby. Walter the wallaby was reported stolen from a home, a home in the Hollyhead Road area of uh, Key Mines Bay, Anglesey. And they've got a very strange accent, you know, the North Walians. 
Uh, and I don't know if you know, but they talk like that in North Wales. South Wales is more like that, right? North Wales is more like that. It sounds like they've got uh, they've they've got a cold in North Wales. Anyway, the wallaby is believed to have been taken sometime between four a.m. and six a.m. last Thursday. Walter's owner is understandably concerned for his well-being. Wallabies, which are in the same, the same can- uh, family as the kangaroos, by the way, are native to Australia and New Guinea. Oh, Walter! So whoever took Walter, give him back. You greedy bastards. I mean, is there a market for wallabies in North Wales? <laughs> Just imagine this guy's going, well, look, look what I found on the street. Hmm, how many wallabies are going to be in that uh, in Anglesey? So please give it back if you're watching. Crying out, you selfish bastards. Right, how about the Times? The Times. Sign of the Times. Great Prince album. Um, right. So we've got um, Blair and Haig on the front page. So t- uh, Tony Blair, remember him? Tony Blyer. War criminal and uh, and uh, traitor Blair and Haig back selling NHS data to boost AI treatment. NHS for people not in the UK is our national health service, or, or I, I call it the national death service. Um, so basically, you, you see what's happening here: AI boosting AI, digital ID, all that stuff. It's all coming down the uh, down the pipe. Down the pipeline. Let's have another look. Oh, we've got Claudia Schiffer on the front. Yeah, whatever. Eat, eat some in love. Oh, this is an interesting one. <laughs> Christ alive. Right, listen to this. Nice people get STIs too, says Witty. Witty, Chris Witty, was one of the government advisors, scientific advisors, to Boris Johnson uh, at the start of the, uh, the shit show, the pandemic. Chris Whitty. So he says, sexually transmitted infections do not affect only bad people who do bad things. I know it's early. I won't, don't worry, I won't, I won't go into too much detail. And should be normalised to tackle a surge in the diseases, the chief medical officer has said. Oh, Professor Chris Whitty, let's have a little look here. Whitty said the diseases could be very dangerous with long-term implications, including infertility and call for action to remove stigma surrounding sexual health. What the fuck is this? What's this obsession people have got with transmitting things? And, oh, you might catch something. Oh, dear, I better not stand too close. It's re- it's, it's bizarre. Um, well, not bizarre, because obviously it's all deliberate to keep us all in, in our little at uh, uh, home on our own, scared. Uh, next story, and we'll come up. Uh, oh, we'll come up to. Oh, we've got Siv on the phone, my darling. Uh, what a what a what great time in talking about STIs. Come on, Siv, hit me, baby. Well, I don't know how I can follow that except to move swiftly on from where you were there before, and uh, and talk about. You, you talked about propaganda a little bit earlier, and I do want to point out again for those who who aren't uh, new to even those who are new to TNT. Um, this whole idea that, you know, that the authorities tell us, I mean, for instance, we're getting another heat wave warning thing to my web. We've been told by, by the news services, people should take the heat wave warning seriously. And then I listen to the weather report. Oh, it's going to be whatever cloudy or sunny tomorrow and 28 degrees in Sydney and about 30 something in the West. A heat wave in Australia is when it's about over 40 degrees for a few days. I don't think 28 degrees is a heat wave. I think that's kind of relatively normal, you know, or even 31 degrees. And it's a bit like you guys over there get warnings about snow. Well, if you're in the north of England, my favourite part of the world, actually, hello, Manchester, hello, uh, you know, everybody else over there in the north of England, uh, if you're getting warnings about snow over there, aren't you sitting there thinking to yourselves, 
Well, hang on a minute. It does get cold here. It's something called winter. There's nothing to worry about. We aren't Siberia. We aren't Moscow. I mean, stop with the doomsday stuff, you people. Get over yourselves. Sorry, I just had to rant there. <laughs> Aggressive. You know something? I love your rants. They woke me up, and I'm sorry I missed you yesterday, my darling. But I, no, I am right. back. Um, bless, bless you, Siv, my love. So coming up next, uh, thank you, Siv. Do call it again tomorrow, sweetheart. Coming up next, my first guest is Miri Ann Finch, the legend, and uh, welcome, Miri. Hello, Hello my love. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? You look very, very Russian this yeah. morning. Eskimo look. Uh, Fantastic. As your uh, last caller was just discussing, we have this thing called winter, obviously, as uh, we're all familiar with. And in yeah. uh, stone houses in Yorkshire, you do feel it particularly acutely. So hence the Russian Eskimo look. It looks very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Now, Miri, obviously, there's so much going on in the, with various things. You know, apparently we're ramping up to war. Uh, we've got another uh, uh, deadly disease coming down the, down the pipeline. Tell me, tell me, tell a little bit for the viewers who may not know you, um, what your, because Miri, I mean, I love your Twitter, Informed Consent Matters, and you're, you're basically, I think of you as the bell of clarity that rings, the bell of truth that rings. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey over the last three years um, okay. and, and how you got into the being a truther really sure um well uh i started uh my journey down the rabbit hole um via vaccine um when i nearly got uh kicked out of university for uh refusing a vaccine um and i did manage to challenge that and win um but that experience uh, led me to think there's something very peculiar going on here and I'm going to need to investigate a little bit more, you know, why are they so desperate for me to have a, a non-necessary uh, risky medical procedure when I'm perfectly healthy. So uh, I went down the vaccine rabbit hole and my first public resource was uh, a vaccine education resource for students. So I put that online in uh, 2015 and then 2015 to 2020, uh, my main focus in activism was all around vaccines. Uh, then, of course, the pandemic joined us in 2020. So then my uh, shift focus, uh, my focus shift to uh, include uh, pandemic, psyops, media hoaxes, and so on. And uh, in 2020, I developed my Miri AF website. And then in 2021, as, as you just alluded to, uh, developed um, Informed Consent Matters. So I've got these two resources now uh, that are aimed at slightly different audiences. So Miri AF is for um, the consummate conspiracy theorists. And it's <laughs> um, the people who are a little bit earlier on in their journey who are starting to ask questions and just kind of trying to give them a helping hand and guiding them in the right direction. Yes, wonderful. And were you, am I right in saying you were at university? Did I read um, in America? Were you, did you spend a bit of time in America? Yes. Um, so I lived there for a year and I studied at a branch of the State University of New York. Um, and they asked for my vaccine records in advance and I'd had all the supposedly normal childhood ones but I'd only had very topically one dose of the measles vaccine and they decided I needed two and they said if I didn't get this second uh, not only would they expel me from the university but because that would invalidate my student visa that would also deport me from the country <laughs> so wow that's quite draconian yes exactly Yes, and what do you, and we'll, we'll get to measles in a minute, and we'll get to the the, that, the wonderful way that you just pounce on things that are, are about to happen. It's like you 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 go, this is going to happen, and then a few days later it happens. So why? What I've been thinking about this. Why? 
what, what I've thought of America, maybe naively, is kind of quite, um, you know, liberal. Uh, they sort of question, you know, people that question things, journalists like Norman Mailer, you know, so when there was, was like things like war, you'd always get American, some American journalists going, oh, this is, this is wrong, this is whatever. And I thought of it as quite, a, um, um, in that regard, an interesting uh, discursive society. Do you, do you think that actually underneath America there is there is something very sinister that's been going on for a lot longer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and my experience uh, from living there is that it is far more authoritarian and its populace far more compliant than they are here in the UK. And I know that the university I attended has got uh, much more stringent with its uh, restrictions since I was there. Um, and it went all out with the COVID insanity. Um, you know, everyone had to wear a mask all the time. They had to sanitize constantly, test constantly. And they had a, they had a vaccine mandate. And they put together this COVID task force where they were pushing this vaccine uh, mandate and all staff and all students had to have the COVID booster. And within about two months of introducing this mandate, the college president died suddenly in his 50s. So wow. uh, I thought that, that was very revealing of where they are. Yes, yeah, indeed. Miri, bear with me. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back very shortly after this break. Don't go anywhere or I'll come round and force feed you a diet of insects. I'm Abby Roberts. This is TNT. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics how to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare, how to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics, and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population. populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Free thinking and with something to say. Abby Roberts on today's News Talk. TNT. TNT. Welcome back. And I've got the wonderful Miri AF, otherwise known as Chairman Mao. That's a bit of an inside joke because uh, Lawrence Fox uh, named you that. And uh, what's he? He suddenly disappeared from the free speech movement. But moving on, because I want to talk more to Miri about uh, the things that she's concerned with at the what, what are you concerned with Miri at the moment uh so we're grappling we've we've realized that america is basically a very draconian uh, underpinning it draconian society what things are uh are really sort of um concerning you at the moment uh well um first of all uh, the, the new measles scare uh which is now saturating the press um and i know uh, a lot of parents are getting very um uh, manipulative uh, letters from their child's school 
are strongly insinuating that they have to get another dose of the MMR and that this is compulsory. Um, now, of course, no vaccine is compulsory in the UK, but uh, obviously skilled propagandists can word misses in such a way that they're striking this fear into the heart of parents. So if any parents are watching and you're getting that kind of letter from your child's school, it's not compulsory. They're trying to trick you. And also, they don't actually know what your child's vaccination status is. You're not required to tell them when you're enrolling your child in school. So it's all, uh, you know, uh, sleight of hand and smoke and mirrors. They're trying to trick you. So uh, there's lots and lots of scaremongering uh, in the press about measles. Um, and I suspect that they're going to ramp this up, uh, obviously, because they want to pressurise children into receiving more injections. Uh, but I also think they're very keen to, uh, shall we say, renovate education and move more and more children out of physical school premises and into learning at home online. Obviously, they've got the adults working from home online. I think their next target is the children. Is, is, is kids. And at the top of your, I know it's at the top of your Twitter page, uh, Miri, explain to people, isn't there a um, campaign you, uh, you're talking to um, people to ask their MP? Is it Sean? Is that his name? Oh, top of your that, Twitter. Um, an open letter to a journalist, um, the, an independent journalist who wrote um, a really uh, kind of diabolical polemic for the independent a couple of days ago saying that children should be forced to be vaccinated. And if they're not, they should be excluded from school and their parents denied state benefits. Right, and that's uh, Sean O'Grady, isn't it? Independent. I'm sorry. Yes, I got that wrong. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, abs uh, I mean, just just absolutely horrific. And why, Mary? Do you think? Because I've been obviously thinking about this a lot. As I'm sure you have, and even more so uh, because I was a bit slightly late later to the the game than you were. The the, the truth. But um, 2020 is. Are we seeing basically just a 10 year plan? So 2020 to 2030, and all this is just just part of a big agenda, bigger agenda. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that's totally right. It's a 10-year plan. Um, so, you know, uh, unfortunately, we're not even halfway through yet. So I think that um, the COVID chapter was a bit of a test run. Um, mm. and They were experimenting with various things to see what worked and what doesn't. Uh, and they're going to, I think, and, and they have told us this, haven't they, with something, you know, much more stringent, uh, draconian, and that they're leading up to that as in the lead up to 2030. Yes, yes. And of course, um, and as I look back, I think to myself, we had the we had the COVID, as I call it, my Irish accent, the COVID. We then had we had BLM. We had the trans activism, sort of anti, uh, you know, truth, male and female. And then we had the we've got the climate thing and then we've got war, you know, Ukraine and then Israel. Palestine. So it, it, it all seems to just be part of this great big blob of let's make everyone terrified and let's all stay at home. I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's, there's uh, quite a bit of psychology into this, that the human mind really can only deal with one crisis at once. And if you hit people with more than that, they just shut yeah. off and look for experts to tell them what to do. So I think that, that that is the intention behind that. You know, you've got war, you've got uh, plague, and maybe famine is next. So people just, uh, they just melt down and go, I don't know what to do, government, you tell me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so we're seeing, um, and I said this, I think, a while back um, when I was sort of trying to grapple with, you know, because obviously looking back at history, which we know is sometimes can be dangerous because then you think, actually, was that was any of that true? But just from my own uh, sort of knowledge, learnings, it looks very much, doesn't it, like as it, it's Stalin kind of on steroids, but yeah. like, but glo globally. Yeah, I, I think that's that's absolutely right. And um, what they have discovered, as uh, many uh, despotic leaders discovered before them, is once you get people in a state of chronic fear, um, a lot of the time their, their morality and their critical thinking just goes out the window and they will do absolutely anything to appease that fear. 
so they'll keep hitting us with, with, with the terror and uh, people will, principles will more and more evaporate as they're so scared and they'll just do anything. It just make me feel better. I'll do anything. That's where we're going. Yes, and we'll just let the government. What are your um, thoughts on ways uh, on solutions? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, of, of how to well get out of it, which is going to be quite difficult. But more, I suppose, to just move through it in our own little, in our in our own way. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that we can uh, take a lot of clues from what they they want us to do and, and do the opposite. And the one big thing they're obviously desperate for us to do, um, you mentioned earlier, is just stay inside on our own all the time. So I think uh, you know one of the uh, most dissident things we can do is get out of our houses and, and network with real people in the real world. Um, and I think there are, there are great opportunities for this. Stand in the park. There's uh, lots of events that have kind of been promoted in, in Facebook groups and Telegram groups. And uh, the more we can do that, the more we can get in the real world and organise, the more that we've got a chance of fighting back. And they're obviously terrified of that because um, during COVID, you know, they shut all the venues where people uh, meet up in real life and they sit and they talk. They shut the pubs, they shut the coffee shops. Uh, they shut the schools, they shut the universities. That's what frightens mm. most. So that's what we should be doing. Yes, yes. And it's very, um, you know, I, I saw a little clip, Mirror. I don't know if you've seen it, um, in uh, the, the WEF, our, our lovely friends, the World Economic Forum, um, where they're, uh, and this this struck me as interesting, that they're talking about not about coffee. Um, basically, don't, don't drink coffee because it emits a lot of CO2. And of course, you drink coffee, don't you, a lot of times out, out and about with your mates. Yeah, let's have a coffee. Yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. And I think they're, they're going to do that same demonization to everything that uh, connotes sociability. They're uh, also doing it to um, alcohol, I've noticed. Uh, there are increasing yeah. um, features throughout the press um, about, uh, you know, complete teetotalism. And I read a feature just yesterday in the Daily Mail saying uh, Gen Z, um, you know, uh, about 40% of them don't drink at all. And at the last paragraph was very telling. It said, perhaps by the time their uh, grandparents, nobody in the world will be drinking alcohol either. And I thought, oh, well, they're telling us where we're going there because, of course, you drink an alcohol in pubs with your friends and they don't want Yes, and with your friends, and also this, um, I don't know if you heard, the Chris Whitty, uh, 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 someone put in the live chat, the idea of sex and Chris Whitty, it's making them feel slightly slightly queasy this morning, but the idea that, you know, STIs, and we're backed, aren't we, to this kind of, don't touch anybody, don't just be terrified of, of any sort of risk. Yes, absolutely, and they, they have been pushing this in various ways, obviously the obvious one is COVID and, and now measles, but um, it, uh, do you remember in the summer there was this big bed bug scare? So the idea was, don't stay at anybody else's house. Don't get too close to someone else. They might have bed bugs, you know, and they'll keep using different things to push the same message. Yes, keep pushing the keep pushing the agenda. Uh, I know it's absolutely it's absolutely crazy. And where where you are, um, is there a kind of are you sort of plugged into like a quite like an awake um, sort of community in there? How about sort of family and friends? Have they been uh, pretty? Have gone on board with you? Or I mean, obviously you don't have to get sort of. Uh, specific about family but what's what's the situation there um no uh i've been very lucky actually so where i live in uh huddersfield seems to be a kind of uh focal point of the resistance um so from the beginning um i met a lot of like-minded people who lived very near me um and mm. we've managed to maintain uh connections and get involved in activism together um and uh if you've heard of the um, uh, opposition political party Freedom Alliance, um, that was founded uh, by a couple of friends of mine who only live 20 minutes down the road. Um, so yeah. I've actually, yeah, I've been very lucky in that respect. 
Yes, amazing. And um, the other thing I've been thinking about, um, God, it's so great because we've got a bit, a bit of extra time now and it's wonderful because I was slightly dreading um, going, oh, I've got lots of stuff to ask Miri. What, um, politically speaking, we're coming into a year now. And, and I, when I say that, I always think I sound like a real normie. You know, when someone was asking me the other day, what do you think about Donald Trump and uh, Vivek Ravaswamy? And I was like, oh, God. We, I find myself back in the groove of like how maybe I was in 20, 2018, 2019. What, what do you see happening in 2024 as regards what our choices are politically? Well, I think that uh, high-level uh, politics is all just... Uh, Performative illusion. Uh, you know, Masonic theatre—they're they're all actors, and I don't think we have any real sway uh, in that regard. But I think if you um, go down to the local level and you look at things, like council elections—that is somewhere where we do have a bit of power to make a difference. So I've actually been involved in local politics on that level. So since um, 2021, I've, I've stood each year as an independent um, councillor for the council election, uh, and so have several of my friends in the local area. Um, now. We don't get many votes, uh, which may not surprise you, but what we do get is an opportunity to platform the issues. So, for instance, the local press is legally obliged to give you a certain amount of coverage and you give them a little statement and they have to publish it. So uh, we've been doing that and are gradually getting more attention and more votes each year. And we don't have council elections this year um, where I live, uh, but we do have um, mayoral elections. Uh, so a friend of mine is standing as an independent councillor um, the West Yorkshire mayor elections in May um, called Jonathan Tilt, you can Google uh, website. And again, it's an opportunity to really platform the issues that matter to us, to engage people in conversation, to leaflet, to start that dialogue going. So I would say to people, yeah, uh, you know, general elections um, and international politics, we, we can't really make any difference there. But on the local level, um, in the council elections, mayor elections, parish councils, that's somewhere where we, we can make a bit of a difference. Yes, and of course, and as you uh, as as you found out, and well, we both found out the uh, the like you said the Masonic the theatre Masonic theatre um, was fully in action, wasn't it? With all the the smaller part, I mean, reclaim particularly and reform, um, and Andrew Bridgen. I mean, I wish we had a lot more time to go into that because it just blows my mind that people um, are still trusting the same people who voted for all to have all our. Uh, freedom state, our rights taken away. You know, yeah. it's um, yeah, that's, it's just it's just madness. And I, of course, I accept that people can change their minds. But Andrew Bridgen isn't just a normal person. Um, he's a very influential politician who actually had power to force these restrictions on us, and he did. Um, and I think that somebody like that, by definition, is just completely disqualified from being looked up to or revered in any sort of way. Um, so that he's become this this leader and this hero, I think, is um, outrageous. Uh, and that's before going into the fact that he's clearly a very, very dishonest um, and unscrupulous person who uh, falsely reported his own brother to the police and was all sorts of terrible things uh, in Bridgen's uh, background. And, and then Reclaim, as you say, is um, just a shock front. Uh, you know, it's non-functional. You can't join as a member, which means that Lawrence Fox is essentially a dictator because you can't vote him out. Um, they haven't stood any candidates for a very long time. They've only stood three candidates total, all celebrities, um, compare them to Heritage or Freedom Alliance, there's hundreds of candidates in the same time frame. So yeah, Reclaim is just, um, it's a mechanism to neutralise the distant class. So you think, oh, there's a political party out there speaking for us, but actually they do absolutely nothing whatsoever. 
Yes, and I found that myself with, um, it's good actually we're talking about this because I found that myself when I got, um, this is very early on when Lawrence Fox was kind of like, you know, when he sprung up and went, you know, said the stuff he did on uh, Question Time about the race baiting uh, that was going on. And then I sort of thought, oh, well, this this person seems quite awake. And then and then I got up close to it, to the reclaimed stuff, and then just sort of thought, oh, and it was interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but you know, when, when the Queen died, that to me was like there was a real schism amongst people that were truly sort of wanted freedom and asking questions and then the people that were stuck in their groove yes absolutely um and i believe that lawrence fox is, is a monarchist is he not is that right yes yes it, yeah. it, it, exactly and then you know as soon as the the wef sausage fingered king came in our lovely charlie boy um it, there was even more slavering and sort of, and I just thought, well, then these people don't—that they, they genuinely are not on our side because then they haven't seen the WEF connection. Uh, absolutely, I mean, they, they are the very definition of, of managed, controlled opposition. Um, and uh, you know, here and no further. And if you look at uh, Lawrence Fox's background, I mean, he's really as establishment as it gets. He comes from this hugely successful family dynasty. He's a famous establishment actor. Um, and now he's um, still acting and playing the part of a, a leader of a, a dissident political party. Um, so, uh, yes. yeah, <laughs> uh, acting an illusion. And they do say, um, this is not meant to insult Lawrence personally, this is just what they do say. They do say that politics is showbiz for ugly people. And I think that politics... <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, looking at Andrew Bridget, sorry, I, I, allegedly, I, I keep thinking, oh God, are we? But I mean, actually, that's not defamation because it is, you know, it, you're, you're right, it's true. Politics is, yeah. yeah so I think that the politics and showbiz are, are they, they're absolutely intertwined. That's why there's so much of a crossover and it's so common for actors to cross over into politics. Ronald Reagan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lawrence Fox, because it's the same thing. They're just acting a new role. Yes. Exactly, acting. And what about? Um, let's just, we've got to talk about reform. Um, well, well, I mean, we don't have to, but I mean, just looking at him in Ukraine, you know, Richard Tice. I, I, again, I still, Miri, I'm sure you're the, you're the same. I'm always just flabbergasted by how many uh, at various um, various points the people that we lose from the truth, uh, from the freedom movement, who just go, "Oh, great, Richard reforms here <laughs> to rescue us." I know. I think you know people have been so so persecuted and so oppressed for such a long time. When someone, especially someone with a bit of uh, profile, a bit of clout, comes along and says some of the right things, people are so relieved that, that their critical thinking faculties just kind of go offline for a while. They're like, thank God, someone's telling me what I want to hear. I just want to suspend my skepticism and invest in this person. And I and I understand that. And I think we've all kind of been there. I I too was actually a fan of Lawrence Fox back in the Preston time days. I went to one of his gigs. Um, but uh, I yeah. think, unfortunately, we've got to become, we have got to become much more sceptical and much more vigilant. And if someone very high profile is saying things you want to hear, they're being allowed to say that for a reason, and it's, it's never ultimately a good reason. Yes, yes, exactly. So, um, right, Miri, I've I had a lot longer than I thought I would with you. God bless you. Please, will you come come back and we'll talk more about uh, and get all the information and thank you so much and do go to Miri's Twitter informed consent matters uh, and she's brilliant like I said ringing the bell of truth god bless you Miri thank you don't go anywhere or else I'll tell Klaus Schwab where you live I'm Abby Roberts this is TNT I was such a young age everything changed my name is Chloe when I was 13 my dad was diagnosed with cancer when I found out, 
I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my licence, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. Whatever happened to good, it's a word that gets thrown around a lot and it's become our automatic answer to so much. Hey, how's things? Good. Your mum, your weekend? Good, good. Is good even that good anymore? At the Salvos, we believe good deserves better. Let's reclaim its true meaning. To us, good has always been about making a difference, and good never picks or chooses who it helps. Isn't it time we all remember what good really means? For lovers of truth, liberty, free speech, and the pursuit of justice. Who can change the course of mighty rivers. Abby Roberts on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome back, guys. Very excited. Oh, I love talking to Miri. And uh, before I get on to my second guest, very excited, and a little look at the live chat, what people are saying. Oh, lots of love for Miri. Lots of love for Miri. Very clever, actually on point. Uh, and actually, Miri will be at an event that I'll be talking to my next guest about as well. So I'm very, very excited. Come and hear the truth. Right. Without further ado, welcome to Mr. Nick uh, Ashcroft. <laughs> I, was saved. So, I was literally like, my brain's gone to sleep. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Abby. Hello again. <laughs> How are you doing, babe? Uh, yeah, very good. Like I was just saying, propped up on a double shot of the good stuff and uh, getting used to mornings. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, as you know, I'm not a morning person, but I mean, look, even even <laughs> I can do it. So look wonderful, us. Nick. Tell, tell us about, because uh, you co-founded a company called Pushback AV. Tell us about what, how that came into being. Okay, the Hollywood version is uh, basically me and Steve found ourselves on the back of a tail lift in Trafalgar Square, surrounded by police telling us everyone's going to get arrested, it's going to be the worst thing ever, you're going to prison if you try and set that equipment up in Trafalgar Square. And right. we had and other when, ideas. When, when was yeah. this? When, when was this, <laughs> that, Nick? That would have been July, August, the very first protests in 2020. Right. Got you. Yeah. And that was a that was before, you know, we went through various phases of the police response to <laughs> to how that went down in future. But this one nobody knew. Um everyone was right. just raw out of this uh, lockdown nonsense and um yeah, so out of the whole country, those mean Steve saying, no, I don't think so. It doesn't matter. We'll take this chance. We're going to put the kit out. Let's see what happens. And before you knew it, they'd scuttled off, you know, back on the radios of uh, what do we do? They're saying no. Um, yeah, that was the protest. And uh, that's where it brought us together. Of um, All right. This uh, and, and before I, I, I'm not flying the freedom and virtue flag, to be honest, it's technical OCD. We just were disappointed that 
people were turning up with little, you know, speakers and crappy mics. And we thought, no, no, this, this needs to be upper level if you want people to get these ideas from one brain to another. Yes, um, so that yes. was it. That, that was the start of pushback. Yeah, amazing. So you were, I love that technical OCD. So you were literally like, oh, this is really annoying because you can't have revolution with kind of crackly mics and, you know, sorry, sorry, we didn't hear what you, we didn't hear what you said about revolution. I love that idea. So were you, were you and Steve in the, uh, the, the kind of tech business, you know, in the, well, sorry, yeah, that sounds a bit like AI. I mean, sound and vision. Yeah, very much. We'd uh, I would I'd started in studios, bands, and then ended up as a lot of guys do in ten years of corporate whoring, where you you just it got a very easy life, you know, for just doing all the big conferences and everything. And as a side note, I was embedded with a lot of farmer gigs uh, up until about twenty seventeen. So that gave me a, a, a lot of insights. I then went to <laughs> to rely wow. on to to make decisions. Put it that way. Uh, Steve, uh, very technical on the theatre side, much more of a lighting guy. And um, yeah, we'd just be looking at these events thinking, um, in, oh, by the way, we're out of work because we're both freelancing. So I got the call about January 2020 of, uh, yeah, Nick, that, that, that whole year of cushy work you had lined up, it's on hold. And um, I was essentially just working for one company, even as a freelancer. And uh, I got the call and uh, my booking lady saying, uh, and I, I just said to her, is this about a virus then? She said, yeah, we think it is. And that was the end of that. So, uh, you know, yeah. that quote of uh, do the thing they hate and make a living out of it, That's that's gone into it as well as like, here we are with a successful company, uh, awesome. literally born from the cabal. <laughs> born out of the the shit show and it's amazing yeah. but it's but it's, re it's really incredible i love that because that's brave mm. to go well things have gone to shit oh hang mm. on a minute though we can we can use our what we know to 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 get out a, a, a good message to get out the good the good stuff as opposed to going along with it but i mean that takes quite a lot of um takes quite a lot of uh cojones balls ball that's balls for the australians um now tell me uh, I, I, my little ear pricked up my did did about the farmer you said you you were kind of like you were you were sort of doing some farmer gigs so did uh, did, did you look at it and go oh that's that's evil shit when you were doing this the the stuff the tech for it yeah um i'd a lot of that work you just end up drifting into things you know one gig leads to another so <clears throat> you, you're rarely in control and to be honest it doesn't matter you just turn up and do a day's work as yeah. it happened i ended up as uh basically okay it's called medical education and this is where the pharma companies employ other companies to tell the doctors what they think they should know and it's the front line of nhs information wars and I had delivered lectures on the tech side to thousands and thousands of GP doctors and prescribing nurses. Uh, yeah. And then you realize what you're involved in of like, wow, this, they're all just hedging bets that this information doesn't get challenged. And then they go back to the surgeries and then that's how it happened. You know, I literally typed out NHS protocol thinking, wow, that's, that's me. I've, I've just, <laughs> so yeah. I, I left that game. I think I went into it thinking it's probably very corrupt financially and then i left it thinking i'm never taking a product with less than 10 years of safety data that's the end of that and that was 2017 yes. so i was already in position of like no that's let's not do that yeah incredible and you know something you just uh, reminded me of a little little personal story which i'm going to share about big pharma stuff um a few so basically uh, over the last couple of years well about two three years ago four years ago maybe um, my diabetes i was kind of pre my sugar levels were a bit mm, you know like ab ab above what they should have been so anyway the doctor 
This was, this was uh, not that long ago. Said, um, well, you can have some metformin, which is the standard, you know, like take your met. So anyway, I took, I took, took it away. Looked, looked at it and went, nah, diet and exercise. Fast forward a few months, had a blood test, actually below the average. So my my, my sugar levels are just, and I was like, <laughs> like save myself from taking the 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 pharma poison, essentially, and all the well, side I mean, all that, the side yeah. effects that go with it. They love the side effects. That was right. That was okay. Everything I did had a massive prescribing future, you know, no coincidence mm. there, but metformin's huge. It, it's an absolute cash cow for them. And, uh, yeah. so I, two thirds of everything I did was, uh, was diabetes. And yeah, you right. can see, they love to just get this conveyor belt going of we've got you. Um, yeah. and this did crop up because I'm, I'm a, a bit like that myself. If I can get out of things on diet or lifestyle, do it. And the awful thing, Abby, is these people thought I was their friend. So you begin the hotel and they're going, oh, Nick, come and join us at breakfast. I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. And like they grab the technicians. Like, oh, God, we've done it now. And um, yeah. you'd be talking to them and uh, you say, well, I hear, you know, lifestyle and diet can do things. And uh, they'd go, yeah, well, that's um, we've got a couple that we'd say are in remission. One um, percenters. But, you know, and that's how they look at it. Of, um, yeah, we'll get you on this gravy train. And, uh, and that's that. And the, and you and you're not getting off, and all yeah. the uh, and all the side effects from the even from the what people think of oh it's just metformin or it's just whatever or metprazole or something. People don't don't look at the um the, the side effect sheets and go hang on a minute, it says here could cause <laughs> like paralysis and death. Hang on a minute, I've got a bit of acid reflux. <laughs> I mean you know what I mean I might just like I don't know like not eat late at night or do a bit of fasting. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like it's, it, but it's, it's, but it's made me look at, um, to be fair, health. You know, in a completely different way. So, something, something good come out of the shit show. But before we, I love the fact we're just literally talking about. We've got into stuff that I didn't even know we were going to get into. Um, but I love that's what I love about this show. Now, tell me, let's talk about comedy podcast live, which you started, um, yep. and tell us about what's coming up in Kegworth. Yeah, uh, we're back to Kegworth. This will be our third big one, at least calling it Comcast. And uh, it's an event we do where we sort of pull together all the people that we selfishly just want to put in a room and stand back and see what happens. And uh, it, we we get the right people in. And I'm very much mean the crowd there of, um, you know, we'll we'll go for the lineup. But it, it's a social thing of uh, just putting these people together. It's amazing how how that doesn't happen very often. And uh, just giving some yeah. space to guys and say, well, there's there's the people you always wanted to meet. There's there's a bar that's open till 4 a.m. And um, we're back in Kegworth, which, as you know, is uh, it, re it reminds me of the start of an Avengers episode. And uh, John Steed would say, uh, Kegworth, Mrs. Peel, this very strange goings <laughs> on. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, as, as Charlotte, as, as our friend Charlotte, who produces this show and books all the wonderful guests. Thank you, Charlotte. She always says we'll always have Kegworth. And I just think that's so, it's so true. So tell us, so uh, there was a first, I mean, obviously I was at the first one. Was there, uh, uh, is this the third one now? Uh, yeah, we went to New Newport in between. Uh, that's it, territory. I uh, yeah. uh, it, The Wild West, I mean, just, just swing by Newport for a weekend, I'd say, because it's just, it's like some spaceport out of Star Wars, you know, it's just things happen there. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in Newport. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Was, it, it was a great vibe, really. Um, yep. uh, and okay, so what, what happened in Newport was we started to throw the microphones out into the crowd. And uh, so instead of like, oh, here's your 
talent and, and you enjoy it. There was some really good electric stuff happening and people are on the mic and throwing it backwards and forwards. And that's where we're going this time of like, that was, that was good. Um, so we're just getting the grassroots people in tickets are half the price of that. Uh, last I say, we've calmed down on the, on, on the big names and, and just getting stuck into it with, with some of the troublemakers really. Some of the troublemakers and I'm delighted to be one of those. So tell us, uh, remind us about the dates, Nick, for this, for Kegworth and the venue. So people can, people know where to get tickets. Yeah, uh, it's 22nd, weekend of the 22nd, 24th of March. Um, website is www.comedypodcast.live. Um, you'll be able to buy a ticket maybe later today, but all the information is on there. And so far, we've got Sonia Poulton, uh, Rick Munn, Abby Roberts, Nick Cotton. Uh, we've got Miri, just just Miri, uh, yeah. Darren Denslow. Uh, got Mad Mix Conspiracies, uh, Trevor John, musician, Intel Lady, uh, Johnny Vedmore, and we still got space for to some more people to be added here. Awesome. God bless you. WWW. I like the way you said that. WWW. <laughs> My darling, that's all we've got time for. But please come yeah. back and talk to me again yeah. and we'll have a proper chinwag. Love you, mate. All right. Take care. And right, um, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Our lines are open from the US and Canada. Call 1 888. 201-6425. From the UK, call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Well, hello there, everybody, you sexy bastards. Wasn't he wonderful, Nick, my wonderful friend, Nick Ashcroft? Uh, so do get your tickets to Kegworth. Um, right, let's have a little, there's one little last story uh, that I wanted to talk to you about from the, uh, the Daily Mail. Uh, this caught my eye. I wonder why. I'm 64, was married for 35 years and have had five children, but I've never had an orgasm. Jesus, right. And why not? Let's have a little look and see what uh, see what she says. Oh, that's the wrong bit. Where is it? 29 <laughs> This is going well. Hang on a minute. Uh, let me just find uh, where where she's lost her orgasm. Because I'm sure it was 29 to <laughs> something or other. Bear with me, please, caller. Bear with me. Right, here we go. Here we go. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, here we go. Um, whatever activities I imagined I'd be doing on my honeymoon, phoning my mum in floods of tears wasn't one of them, but my husband Alan and I had just consummated our marriage and it had been a huge disappointment. Well, yeah, what? You'd only had one night. Are you talking about the whole marriage? Far from sensuous and thrilling, it was a blink-and-you'll-miss-it perfunctory affair. Bloody bloody blah This was back in 1978, and uh, they went on to have a 35 years marriage, and she's never... I mean, she's not... You know, she's... She's not that. She's not that bad. I mean, do you know what I thought to myself though? Right, that's that's that. Um, what I thought to myself is, um, do you not take the car for a test drive before you buy it? That's what I think. You know, when people go, oh yeah, you know, he's the love of my life. He's wonderful, and then it's like, oh Christ. You know, it's like a bloody um, you know one of those little tiny um, pencils you get when you're in the, in Argos, or or something like that. Anyway, uh, bless you, love. Um, I hope you find someone who can um, who can rock your world. 
because that'll be a bit of a shame if you don't. Um, so that was the story from the Daily Mail. Do we have? Let's have a little look at the live chat. The live chatty chat. Um, oh, let's see. Somebody's going ha 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 ha. I'm assuming that's the orgasm story. Uh, lovely, lovely. But I mean, seriously, 35 years, and also, I mean. I think I'm allowed to say this on this uh, on on my own show, but you know there are things that um, make noise go buzzy, buzzy, buzzy. Uh, I, I understand, you know, certain things which can be used as it were um, by by females. Um, what else? Let's have a little look. Um, what about Siv? Invite him. Oh, Siv. I don't know what that's. I don't know what that refers to. Um, oh, that's the Kegworth lineup. Oh, Siv! Yes, do you fancy coming over, mate? Oh, that'll be so good. Imagine literally, like, oh, like, oh, who are you? I'm, and there's this little tiny, because you know he's a jockey. Well, he's he, he look, he's he's very tiny, Siv. So <laughs> he's he's a tiny Siv. Please come, Siv. And I'm not talking about the last article in the Daily Mail. You filthy, you filthy buggers. We'll always have Kegworth. Yeah, Charlotte's in the chat. Thank you, Charlotte. Books all my fabulous guests. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, good morning, everyone. Um, oh, knob poisons. Someone's put this is about presumably about the STI. Oh, we've got Jeremy on the line. Jeremy. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Hello, ma- hello, Jeremy. What have what have what have you got to say, hello. brother? Um, yeah, well, I'm, my my professional name is um, Jeremy Charlton Beaker. I'm a guerrilla archaeologist. Um, some would describe it as professional bin rummager, um, but as you probably know, where there's uh, there's muck, there's brass. So I know you've been going about Laura Dodsworth recently. Um, mm. She's obviously called the police on Bob Moran, hasn't she? So I've gone through her bins, and there's some interesting items that you might be interested in hearing about. Um, Can we keep it? Yeah, be be be, slight, be a little one. bit careful because there might be some lawyers listening in, you know, and uh, don't want don't want TNT getting into trouble. But anyway, I, I, yes, just as as a warning. Yeah, there's several uh, several headless chicken carcasses um, with <laughs> quite a lot of the meat still on, which suggests that it was part of a ritual killing. I learned that <laughs> on my archaeology course. Um, a copy yeah. of Krav Maga for non-binary Gentiles and several non-religious Christmas cards. Um, one from Toby Young, which was using all sorts of neo-pagan salutations and symbols, and with a specific <laughs> reference to mistletoe and wine, and young boys and Rich Clifford. Cliff- so, I don't know what that Rich means. Cliff- Rich um, Clifford? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She also, put in, a, she also put in a few pairs of... She also put in a few pairs of white Mark Suspenser unisex, slightly soiled... Uh, boxers, uh, female boxer shorts in the paper bin, nice. um, which should have gone in the general waste bin. So if she's prepared to play fast and loose with local authority environmental bylaws, what what other things has mm. she uh, has she been up to? Well, she things you've been up to, and very, very good points. But yes, absolutely. I mean, I was, I was horrified. Uh, aside from that, that's brilliant. I love all that. Toby Young, by the way, who's the biggest cock in the universe, the uh, uh, founded co-founder of the Free Speech Union, mm. and he knows as much about uh, as about yeah. free speech as Chris Whitty does about STIs. Well, do you know, you know, I know, I know you've got a thing about Oxford. So, yeah, have you heard that? How he got into Oxford? It's all made didn't he get his dad dad to ring? Yeah, so he, he didn't get the right grades, but he said it was some sort of clerical error at his college, which only really happens to the sons of um, lords, doesn't it? It doesn't happen to yeah. Pete from 
bring take comprehensive, does it? They don't get any yes. spherical errors, do they? Jeremy, my darling, Jeremy, my love, you're going to have to call me back tomorrow. We're running out of time. God bless you and all, all who's right, sailing bye. you. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining me today on TNT. Next up, it's Open Line with Rick Munn and Natalie Cheel. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Be seeing you. <laughs>